it's dark in here, Keith. Yeah, it is, John. Yeah, it is. I can't wait till the new studio is done. <laughs> And we go with some LED lights. It's looking real good up there. We got to get a skylight. A sky? No, no skylight. <laughs> the Skylight's leaked. That's gonna be a little hard. Yeah, no. Uh, Maybe a bad idea. No, it's looking great up there. We were walking around there looking at it earlier, and man, they're doing a good job out there. Seriously, I appreciate that. That looks amazing. Yeah, maybe one day we'll actually do a, a barn studio history episode. But uh, for our listeners out there who have not heard us mention it before or whatever social media didn't see anything uh we're redoing a 170 year old ish uh barn into our new wheeling studio which will also have uh the studio in it we'll have areas to talk about uh cars and do video work and all sorts of things so it, i'm pretty excited to see what's going to happen we're putting a kegerator in right <laughs> oh yeah of course excellent, excellent. <laughs> maybe just a full bar with like kegs i, I mean this. that's that's kind of my plan this. there whiskey and bourbon on tap one of those guns that you see people use at the bar but instead of coke it's it's whiskey well i figure from some of my <laughs> salvage jobs i'll just get a drinking fountain and just run whiskey through it oh i like that better you know keep it nice cold and just you know oh, i like that even better <laughs> Oh, bad ideas. Bad oh, ideas. man. Well, why don't we talk about some trucks or something today instead? We probably should. Yeah, probably. It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So, John, we're at episode 78. Uh, We don't have a guest bringing on this episode, so it's just you and me again back in the studio talking to each other. Do you realize how many listeners are going to lose because of that? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. But I did get I did get thinking about it. Uh, you know um, what happened in '78, right? 1978. No, I mean I, I assume my parents were probably almost met. Almost met. Yeah, I'm born in '88. They got married in '84, so I, I assume they may have met by then. Maybe not. I don't know. You'll have to ask them sometime. Yeah, I'm curious. I'll have to do that. <laughs> well, I was thinking more along the lines of some truck history, which we haven't done a. Really, any 4x4 history episodes in a while? It has been a while. And I know that they're they're popular with certain crowds. Some mm. people like them, some people don't. Um, so, you know, we can keep this kind of light. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about it, and sure, there was models that came out in 78, and I'm sure people are going to say, oh, wait a minute, you should have talked about this or that. And please, uh, go to 4x4 Talk, which we are getting more um, action on that, I noticed on Facebook, on the group Excellent. 4x4 Talk. Excellent. People are actually going on and putting comments, and and they're commenting on things that they heard on the podcast. So that that was Excellent. the ideal. That was the idea. And you know, the one guy, somebody put on there that yes, he wants Grandpa Keith as my name, but I oh, I'm, I'm I still, forgot about I'm that. I'm still fighting that one. You know, I think can we put a poll up, Mr. Andrew? Are we able to put a poll up on that page? Oh my God! Well, I I thought we could. I'm sure there's a way to do we'll it. We'll find I, it. I think we have to put a poll for uh, Grandpa Keith, just going with Keith or something else. Oh man! Well, I don't. Oh, need... we can allow people to put suggestions. No suggestions. There you go. I'm still thinking Grandpa Keith's going to oh. win it out, though. <laughs> Everybody, well, let us know what you want to hear. Do you want a poll, or do you just want to vote him as Grandpa Keith and keep it that way? Well, you know, speaking <laughs> of grandparents and old man trucks and things like that, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan. Like probably my favorite truck style of all time. 
is what is known in the Ford truck world as the Dent Side Ford Series. Okay. Do you know what a Dent Side Ford is? I've seen them. I can't picture it at the moment. If it's so, the one I'm thinking, though, it's a nice one. So they didn't come out in 78. Uh, they actually came out in 73. And we had you know, bounced around the idea of doing a Dent Side Ford episode back during 73. But we had some guests and things like that. But 78 actually is a big year in the Dent Side history. Uh, the Dent Side Fords are made from 73 to 79, that, that particular era of trucks. Now, of course, back then, I don't think they were called Dent Side Fords. Uh, I've heard that term used probably for the last 15 years or so. I think it was around the, uh, you know, the time that people started calling the uh, 80 to 97s OBS Fords, which I still, okay. I'm not a big fan of that term because OBS as old body style. I mean, to me, that means anything all the way back to the first Ford truck in the Model T in 1925. So <laughs> uh, anything could be an old bottle body style Ford. Yeah. But um, prior to the Dent Side Ford was basically the same truck dimensionally and somewhat mechanically. But the body line along the side of the truck prior to 73, and I want to say, and I, and I don't know on the bump sides, I think it's 67 to 72. I think that's the error. It might be 68 to 72. The side of the truck had a essentially a, a bump out, and it was a... Uh, um, you know, just a style. It was a style yeah. that ran around, and it went from the front fender all the way to the taillight. So on each side of the vehicle, it was bumped out. More it was like a, a bubble? Kind yeah, of? it was like a bubble. Okay. It was like five inches tall, and then it kind of like bumped out uh, probably about an inch and a half. And uh, that was the style of it. Well, in 73, when they redesigned the Ford truck, they kept with the same basic dimensions, the same basic frame, the same basic running gear, but they updated it slightly, and that bump, they ended up inverting it. So they went from being an Audi belly button to an innie belly button, I guess. <laughs> I pulled a picture above it, and those are cool trucks. The dent side or yeah. the bump side? Uh, the dent side. Okay. Like a bump side. So what they did is they, they basically took that, that bump and they turned it around 180 degrees, so they went oh, in. Oh, no, I like the dent better. You like the dents better? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of the dent side was. I mean, it's it's different, but I just I don't know. I like it a lot better. Well, that was the thing. The bump side still had a lot of nineteen uh, sixties styling cues to it. Yeah, and you know, going into the seventies and the more crisp lines and the more boxy look was the dent side Ford. And and arguably, the dent side Ford is probably one of the most popular, at least in this day and age, for people who want to still use and drive a truck but maybe do some resto modding of it because yeah. mechanically they were fairly modern vehicles, at least starting about 78. And that's why 78 is kind of an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, the dent side came out in 73, but it was essentially mechanically and frame and everything was still the old bump side style running gear. So you had like the 360 and 390 big block uh, FE motors, the, um, that go way back, uh, very old technology from the 60s. Actually, it went even earlier technology from the late 50s. They had drum brake axles, closed knuckle front axle, uh, tiny axle shafts, not really much of a 4x4 contender. I mean, they were a 4x4 that worked on the farm, you know, occasional four-wheel drive use, get out of some mud, whatever, but they weren't built particularly heavy-duty. And... You know, that was the bump sides. And then, the, like I said, the dent side kind of went along the same thing. It had the same underpinnings. They had the 360, 390 carried over it into it. Um, in the, uh, 
I guess it, I don't know what year they went to, but in the F two fifty series at least, uh, they had a divorce transfer case, divorced NP two hundred five transfer case. Hmm. There was still a lot of really old technology. Well, they did a mid year um, in nineteen seventy seven a mid year rehash mechanically completely of the Ford trucks, and where people you know people don't usually differentiate them as like an early bump side, I'm sorry, early dent side or a late dent side, what they usually call them, at least when they're referring to the F-250s, and in some cases the F-350s, they refer it to as a high boy or a low boy, or they'll say just a, or the high boy series of trucks. What's the difference with that? So the the difference is from 73 to mid-1977, the F-250 uh, Ford, and not the 150. The 150 was a completely different chassis, uh, spring layout, and everything. They had coil springs. They had basically the the same uh, running gear. Well, when they went to the F250, they had a narrow gauge, narrow frame that sat underneath them, and a pretty good arch to the leaf springs, and they sat up um, considerably higher than the F150. Yeah. So people called them the high boy. Now, I don't know if that was ever a actual Ford name for the truck or if it was a nickname that was earned. I've, I've done a little bit of research on that, and I've never been able to get a straight answer on that, whether or not it was a, you know, Ford ever advertised him as a high boy or if it was on some sort of literature. So it's fun how slang terms would come to be just used so interchangeably like that. And I think it probably didn't even come around until the introduction, mid-1977. Yeah of what essentially is the 78-79 low boy or standard Ford truck. Hmm. Now, of course, in the 4x4 world, people go, oh, well, they lowered it. That's not cool. But here, you know, hang on a second. The high boy still had all that old technology in it. It had the, you know, the divorce 205. You had the closed knuckle front axle. Um, not a lot of great parts. Uh, a very finicky, essentially, it was a hydraulic assist steering system. So they, mm. they were a manual system with like a hydraulic assist. They were terrible power steering system. So they redid everything mid-77. And they put a wider frame. It was basically a 32-inch wide frame. They went to wider leaf springs. And that's when you got the open-knuckle, high-pinion Dana 60 the open knuckle high pinion Dana 44. You got the modern heavy duty components that really are what made uh, those pieces are still being pulled out of junkyard trucks to this day and put into Jeeps and things like that. And then they got the married 205 that went, you know, behind either the manual four speed or behind the C6 automatic and everything got compact and just beefier is what it did. Hmm. But that design that they came up with, even though the bodies will interchange and the body mounts and everything are all the same, um, the frame and all the running gear is completely different. They also introduced the M series engine, which is the, uh, it's essentially a big block that was kind of and essentially de-stroked to uh, kind of small block sizes. They were in 351 and 400 cubic inches. Um, mm. But they were very, you know, they, they were high torque, low RPM engines. They were originally supposed to be a replacement for some of the big block stuff, but then the fuel crisis hit. And gotcha. so they derated the engine and they decompressed the engine. And they made a very stout, uh, you know, they're not like some great race car engine. You can do some... Cre- some See, it sounds like it leaves the door open to build some stuff out of that. Yeah, definitely. It was kind of um, based off the 351 Cleveland design, and uh, but it was more of a big block version of it. And uh, so, it, you know, it was a decent engine. So they, they, you got a new engine 
for mid 77 you got the new axles you got the new trans and transfer case combination and then uh they also in the ranger body style package you got the square headlights in 78 nice so in 78 you could see the square headlights on some and round headlights on others and then for 79 they were all square headlight they they phased out the uh the round headlights altogether i was like the looks of those better the square the, or the round truck, the squares well yeah for I've the never f- been a fair in round lights I go for both. I mean, I you know I like them in the Jeeps. I don't mind you. Yeah, <laughs> I like on the Excuse Fords me, the grill design. Um, yeah. If you look at the early dent sides, had a split grill on them, and it's not a bad looking grill. But I do like the seventy eight seventy nine uh, open, what they would call like the egg crate grill. Mm. I do like that design a little bit better. This one. Oh, you're taking a look on it. Maybe yeah, with the squares. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. seventy eight seventy nine. Oh, it says seventy eight yeah. right on there. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it was good Man, looking. Is that nice? Good looking trucks, aren't they? Oh, God, yeah. Very classic style. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I like. It's simple. It's well, simple. A lot of truck guys and Ford truck guys pretty much attribute these, you know, because 78 was the first full year production of that new style. They consider that the first modern Ford truck. You had disc brakes, you had the open knuckle axles. Uh, you had a 32-inch wide frame. Even though Ford went to a 36-inch wide frame later on, um, it really was mechanically something that still will keep up today. You can take a 78 Ford today and... I like that one the best so far. There you go. Yeah, that's a good-looking one. Good-looking one. And yeah. you can drive it um, you know, every single day or across the country, and you can keep up with traffic. It's got enough power to keep up with traffic. Nice. You can tow pretty heavy loads with it. You know, you're know, you're. It's when they modernize a truck you know you're not talking that old 50s technology stuff yeah. anymore and so 78 was really kind of a big year for ford even though it was a quiet year because the body still looked the same yeah you know and now they had this 4x4 that was about two inches lower at least in the 250 350 series the 150s had been coil spring going from 73 you know 73 on up actually the earlier ones were as well but uh you know we're kind of talking about the heavy duty stuff and the high boy, and then like I said, seventy-eight. There was other things. They basically just rehashed the same model, but completely new designs. Kind of like they did with the Super Duty, you know, where different ages throughout the Super Duty here, they've kept the same basic design, but they switched out the motors, they switched out the axles, they just kind of upgraded, updated on it. everything. Exactly, I like it. Exactly, you know, and now kind of like they did with the four O, just oh. kind of some periodic updates throughout its lifespan. Yeah, well, you that know, unfortunately, I, killed it. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know that uh, going off on a tangent there, I did a history uh, article for the Dispatcher magazine because mm. I write for them every other month. It's a bi- bi- bi-monthly publication. And I did one about the Jeep 4.0 history going oh. all the way back. Now, I know we did a podcast about the 4.0 yeah. forever ago. I don't remember what when that was, but I kind of got more in depth in that article. I got to find that. I didn't know you did that one. Yeah, I've got it somewhere. I'll have to dig it up for nice. you and show it to you. It's a pretty pretty interesting article. And I also did one about diesel Jeeps and nice. you know, did some other stuff. So How have I not known you've done these articles? I know you wrote for I do a I lot of things. I, I keep secrets from you, you know. But, but why? <laughs> I, I thought we were good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hurt. Well, <laughs> so, you know, the 78, 79 Fords, I've always been a big, huge fan of. Um, you know, I like the crew cabs, which are pretty rare. We can actually yeah. talk about those in a minute. Um and, uh, you know, really all of them, though, I've always appreciated them. I've had over 20 of these trucks, some that I've driven every day, and then some as parts vehicles, and I don't I have one, one right now. one or two of them, I think. Probably I the red crew cab and the big green truck, I would say. I remember a green one. Yeah. And then Wasn't I, that the one you got the Dana 60s from? Uh, no, no. Okay. No, th- well, no those, those were parts trucks, and yeah, then I had yeah, yeah. 
Um, but anyways, yeah, I've had a, a number I, of yeah, different Yeah, I remember ones. one or two of them. I, it's fuzzy. It's been a while. <laughs> well, speaking of the big green truck, I don't know how much you've been following the uh, Museum of Off-Road Adventures Facebook page lately, but did you see the competition or the contest we did, the trivia contest? I did, yeah. Did yeah, you I, see? I followed a little bit with it. Did but. you see what the final answer was and everything? I read it, and I don't remember, and I feel bad because I should have remembered that one. Well, so basically... <laughs> I should have known that one. Um, good good friends of mine that I work with, um, well, I work with Lorenzo Hart. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. And him and his wife, Crystal, uh, for Christmas uh, came up, and they actually bought a Foxfire Fixins uh, $50 gift card. Mm. And they donated it to the museum under the uh, guise of, they said, we wanted to do a trivia contest oh. tying both... Foxfire and the museum somehow together. Cool. Uh, and whoever won it, you know, would win the card. Well, uh, they ended up taking, and they also said that they wanted it to be really tough, like almost an impossible question, <laughs> and something that couldn't be easily Googled. Yeah. I mean, you can pretty much Google everything, but we had to keep it vague enough to work. So we came up yeah. with the question was, uh, what was, you know, my father, my late father, Al Codette, what was his first 4 by 4 And then we gave, and he was the owner of Foxfire Fixin', so it tied both Foxfire and the museum. Yeah. And we gave some clues, and the first clues that we gave were that it was a fairly common model of truck, but the cab style um, made it rare. And hmm. I forgot exactly how we worded it all, but basically we ended up giving new clues Every single week for three weeks because people were guessing and you could guess once a week. Some people got really, really close with it. Yeah. But we eventually uh, gave them the clue that it was a half-ton vehicle and that the half-ton with that cab style made it rare. Uh, we gave them uh, the clue that it was only available with an eight-foot bed and it was not available with a six-foot bed. As any truck should ever be. Well, you know, so, <laughs> and we can talk about that in a minute here too. The final answer was a 79 f-150 extended cab 4x4 truck nice in 79 and said and that was another it was a one-year only model we that was one of the clues <laughs> 1979 which was the last year of the dent side ford ford wanted to be able to sell essentially their f-250 extended cab uh 4x4 they wanted to be able to sell it in markets where the f-250 and 350 were considered commercial vehicles now some states at the hmm. time uh, if you went to go buy an F-250 or a 350, uh, the they would make you registered as a commercial vehicle. But, of oh, course, there was annoying. people that wanted to be able to tow campers and yeah. things like that. So they took the F-250, and this is what made this vehicle unique. In 79 only, they took the F-250, which had an 11-inch tall frame. The extended cab had a big frame on it. That's a big um, frame. The, the, yeah, the standard had a 9-inch, <laughs> so they went to an 11-inch. Uh, had the extended cab with the eight foot bed. You could not get it with a four foot bed if you got four. I mean six foot bed if you got the four wheel drive. Good. <laughs> so well, I, I don't know. Extended cab, short bed, four wheel drive is kind of nice for off roading and stuff. But okay, and, much, yeah. well, we're going to talk it about is, that in a second is, here. Yeah. But they uh, so what they would do. So they made this truck, but then they put le they put the leaf spring. It was still the leaf spring frame. The F one fifties, all the other F one fifties, the regular cabs got coil springs. When they went to the extended cab, you had leaf springs and you had the F-250 frame underneath it. But what they did is they put five lug axles under it <laughs> instead of the eight lug axles. And they were able to sell it as an F-150. <laughs> now, uh, that front, they only made like 7,200 of these trucks. Oh, wow. And the flat top knuckles are highly desirable because they're a flat tub, five lug 
uh, knuckle, huh. and people would take them and use yeah. them for old, you know, Jeep builds and things like that. So a lot of these trucks have been cannibalized over the years. Yeah. So there's not a lot of surviving ones. There's probably only a couple hundred of them left, honestly. I mean, because they wow. were, you know, they were rusty trucks. Well, my dad had bought one years ago with a bad engine in it and used it around the farm a little bit. I eventually ended up with a truck with a new engine, and that's a whole nother. You know, we had a lot of adventures with that just truck. Say whatever happened to it. Uh, I had it for a number of years, and then I eventually uh, gave it to our mutual friend Lucas. He uses oh. a plow truck for their shop. He gave it back to me. It was in pretty I've bad seen shape. That then, yeah. yeah, and we ended up. Um, uh, I eventually ended up selling it to a guy, and he actually That's contacted why I me. It was everything with Lucas? Yeah, and yeah. he he contacted me uh, about a month ago, and he's the, the guy that owns it now. He's down in Ohio. And he's restoring the truck. Oh, cool! And uh, he was—he contacted me because he still had the title that was in my name, huh. and apparently some title work was done incorrectly. And he said, if there's any issue with his local DMV, want to know if you know I would be able to send him a letter or something. I said, yeah, absolutely, it's fine. So, uh, so it was nice to know the truck lives on. That is awesome. Yeah. But that was our trivia contest one, and and we had what was weird is we had a bunch of people guessing '78 F-150 extended <laughs> cab four wheel drive. That didn't exist. Yeah. They had a 78 F-150 extended cab, but you could only get it in two-wheel drive in 78. <laughs> so Ford was really weird about the yeah. dent sides at the time. So to give you some examples, from 73 to 79, if you ordered a crew cab, if you wanted four-wheel drive, it only came with a six-foot bed. Hmm. If you wanted an eight-foot bed, it only came with two-wheel drive. Why? And they didn't have a crew cab, or no, I'm sorry, they did have a crew cab short bed, uh, two-wheel drive as well. But you could get two-wheel drive, short bed, and long bed, but when you go to the four-wheel drive, and I think they were justifying something with the turning radius, but it wouldn't make uh, any sense because once you went to the F-150, yeah. it only came with an eight-foot bed, and you couldn't get it with a six-foot bed in the four-wheel hmm. drive. Weird, weird things that they did. There was a lot of stuff with that. It was like you could only er- order some cab styles with certain bed styles, and it was nonsensical. Yeah, I mean, it's Ford. You remember what he originally said back in the early 1900s? You can have any color you want, as long as it's black. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so there was a lot of things with that, where they, yeah. they did that. And they continued that tradition, actually, all the way up until uh, about 1996. Um, <laughs> there was some a lot of back and forth. Weird now, I mean, to this day, you still can't order, like, a short bed uh, F-250 regular cab. They've never built that, uh, which would be a weird truck anyways. Yeah. But it, you it'd know, be interesting though. Well, people have made them. Yeah, um, they've I was chopped the frame. I'm wondering how hard it'd be to tub swap that stuff. Well, it's not, tub, not it's bed not a, swap. Yeah, yeah, and they chop the frame short. The <laughs> yeah, frame. that's that's what I mean. Yeah, guys have done it. So <laughs> you know, it's just a it's an interesting um, a truck series. A lot of lot of fun with those truck series. You know, they're pretty much everything's all steel. You still got a steel dashboard. Uh, when you go in over to 1980, you start going to more of the plastic dashboard stuff. Yeah. You go to... That's what we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> and um, with the dent sides, 1980 uh, with the Ford trucks is when they dropped the solid axle completely. Uh, 79 was the last year for the solid axle so in the trucks until 1986 when in the F350 only the solid axle came back. So from 80 to 85 were very dark years in the Ford. <laughs> Ford uh, to say the least. Yeah. All I remember from 78 was that when they uh, switched the Dana 44 front on those, they went to the cast wedges on them. Yes. Yeah. And that's correct. So that's something else uh, for your junkyard hunters out there. Uh, what John was talking about here is the F-150 
used coil spring front ends except for that oddball 79 only that we just talked yeah. about. So 73 to 79, the F-150 ran. And, and I actually, I believe they were all disc brakes. They might have switched over in 74 or 75. They might have had drum brakes the first year or two on the coil springs. I'm not sure on that. I don't remember because I've looked into those axles before, and that's the only reason I knew that. Yeah. I found a good deal on a set. I mean, like, I'd be an idiot to not get these kind of deal. And I started looking at them and found out they were 78, and it's like, I can't use them for anything. <laughs> Well, what he's talking about there is, so in 73, when with the Dayton 44 high pinion uh, coil spring radius arm front end, they did not have a uh, four length, they didn't have co- uh, leaf springs. It was a radius arm coil spring front end starting, se- you know, 73 with the dense sides. And the up until 77, they had standard Dana 44 with welded on C's, that, or I'm sorry, wedges that were welded onto the axle tubes. And then the radius arm would bolt around the wedge with a rubber mount. That worked out. That works out pretty well. And if you want to swap that axle into something else, you want to put a high pinion Dana 44 into something, you can take one of those 73 to 79 Dana 44s and you can cut off the welded on wedges and you can put leaf spring mounts or four link mounts or whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's a pretty nice setup. It, I was so close to having that build plan done. <laughs> well, then in 77, mid-77, for whatever reason, they started making um, the Dana 44, and this was only in the 44s, not in the 60s, but they started um, casting the Cs on the driver's side into the differential assembly. It was this big cast assembly on there. And there's really no way to cut that off or to weld anything to it. You, uh, there's like a sleeving process you can do, but it's just a pain. And yeah, you're looking more trouble than it's worth to do it at that point. I, I looked into a couple options, and it's just like I'm going to spend more to make it what I want than to buy what I want. Exactly. So I didn't do it. <laughs> so for, for junkyard grabbing for parts, uh, the 7879F150 and Bronco, because it's the same axle. Yeah, that's the, one they call the early Bronco is the good one, late Bronco is not. <laughs> no, no, that's different. The early Bronco is the well, old... The, the axles. Yeah, er, that's a whole different story. The early Bronco is the 77 and older Broncos that are the small body style Broncos. Yeah. Those are a low pinion Dana 44. I've and been greatly misunderstanding and those, something. And <laughs> those, are, those are narrow axles. And so they are... Ah, those have a narrower was, yeah. track width. In 1978, the Bronco went to the F series. That's another thing, and that's that, something we. That's, that was my miscommunication. Then I thought they were all the same for some reason. And I guess maybe that's that's a good 78 thing we could have gone into as well too, or maybe we should just do that because we're already talking about the 78 dent side. In 1978 is the first year for the full size Ford Bronco. So 1978, they went from the that, tiny body. That makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking then. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. So <laughs> in 78, they made the Bronco truck-based. Huh. It was the same front end, same doors as the That's F-150, 250. Yeah. And so you ended up taking, and that was another big switchover thing for 78 with that Ford F-Series platform is they took the Bronco into the F-Series. Prior, prior huh. it was not an F-Series truck. And then the Broncos stayed in F-Series all the way through 1997. That hmm. was the uh, the F-Series Broncos. Now, with the new Broncos, they're, again, back their own separate yeah. make again. They're not in the F-Series. I so still like the look of them. I'm I guess that's that. something we, you know, 
we, we could have called this episode, or maybe we still will, but that was the beginning of the F-Series Broncos, 78, and it ran it up through, you know, 97, and then that was the... So that means there's got to be a lot of parts that'll interchange between the F-Series and that? Yeah, oh yeah, most Ooh, of them. Nice. But nice. back back on your cast wedge thing, like we were saying that you know the seventy eight seventy nine F series and Bronco front axle, not a good axle to deal no, with. No, no, that, you can rob them for internal parts, but yeah, that's about it. That was such a good deal too. <laughs> well, it's not a good deal if it's not a good axle. Well, the the price was good for it was a match pair. Yeah. I mean, they're sitting in the dirt, and it's like come get them. Yeah. Take them for this price, and they weren't what I wanted. <laughs> exactly. So if you're junkyard shopping for a coil spring wide width Dana forty four high pinion. Then you really want to look at like a 75, 76 axle. That's really what you're going to be looking for if you're going to swap it into something else, like a Jeep or a full size truck or Commando whatever. Commando in my case. Uh, all <laughs> the F250 Dana 44 high pinions uh, from 77 and a half through 79 were, didn't have any wedges or anything on them. They were all leaf spring and hmm. lots of room to weld with their eight lug. So oh, you know mind. that's the that's the difference there. You can swap the outers on them, but hmm. there's some differences with the outers, and that's one of the reasons that the '79 F-150 outers are more desirable because they're the flat top yeah. and stuff like that. So there's and and the flat top uh, outers were not on the standard coil spring F-150s Ow. and Broncos. Well, that ruined that thought. <laughs> so there's a, there's some weird parts that are matching. You know, I could talk all day about that. As you can see, there's some there's some differences yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but you know, so then they went into the Broncos, and that was the Broncos were mechanically the same as the F 150s. So there's really not anything different to mention with that, except for hey, this is the full size Bronco now, and now we have the full size Bronco. It makes a lot more sense than what I had previously understood, which ran for almost 20 years. You know, yeah. it, was, it was good. I never realized it went that long. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the thing, too. And that's when you hear people say early Bronco axles at 77 and older, it's not. I knew that part. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it was two totally different sizes, though. Yep. I knew the difference was width, but I, I didn't realize it shared that. I didn't realize the early Broncos did not share a platform with the F series. One of the so. one of the popular mods for early Bronco people to do if they're building a rock crawler or something like that is to run full-size forward axles underneath it so it gives them the width yeah you know it's like sense. six or seven inches wider and now they're oh, running full full width axles on the trail nice and you know some people like doing that with the bigger tires and all yeah. that stuff so the early bronco axles you know good lift a bronco and it's a pretty narrow vehicle still the the early broncos yeah so putting the later full width axles underneath well, them if works anyone has out. a set of really bronco axles they want gone i mean let me know yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, one thing I think we need people to do that are listening to this episode, if you're a big fan of dent side Fords or the uh, full-size Broncos, we need some pictures on 4x4 talk yes. of what your rigs are. You need to go on there and say, hey, guys, here's what I'm wheeling. Here's what I have. Here's what I restored, whatever. Um, going back to a minute for cab styles, uh, the dent side was also the first time that you could get an extended cab that was the they introduced the, the extended cab i think for 74 or 75 um the extended cab ford that was the first time you could get an extended cab ford and the extended cab ford uh predates the chevy by many many years chevy didn't come out with an extended cab till 88 wow. and um then um not in the full-size trucks oh okay. so the s10s they had extended cabs but not back in 84 i think but 88 they you know so the 80s they didn't do anything until the 80s dodge had extended cabs as well and i don't remember off the top of my head i think the dodge predates the ford by like a year on the extended cabs but it was dodge and ford only 
The most valuable and sought after dent side Fords are most arguably the crew cab dent sides. By the sound of it, yeah. Um, there's a lot of misinformation about the crew cabs out there simply because there was never good record keeping on the crew cab 73 mm. to 79 Ford crew cabs because they were not a essentially a production truck, but yet they were. They were a factory-built truck, but they were built by Ford of Canada. The cabs were. <laughs> nice. The frames were specifically made. The frames weren't extended or anything like that, but they would actually cut the regular cab cabs, and they added the back panels and the roof panel and everything <laughs> to them. If you know, people say people say no, they're production, they're production, they're production. Get underneath the seventy-three to seventy-nine dent side Ford crew cab if you ever see one. They're pretty rare trucks, and you will see a seam that runs all the way under the floor that you can see where they cut it basically with a sawzall. <laughs> and you can do it at the A pillar as well. What's interesting is is you know have you ever heard that. Uh, that phrase, you know, uh, buy a truck or vehicle that was built wasn't built on a Monday and Friday. Yes. Well, basically, that was kind of one of the deals with the crew cabs. Every single one of the crew cab Fords that you see from '73 to '79, the rear doors fit differently. Some of them have big old <laughs> gaps in them. Some of them are real tight, and the fitment of these cabs was really all over the place. That's funny. Now, That's got to be annoying to work on. Though. I've owned four or five of them. <laughs> and like I said, the the there's a lot of misinformation out there. Now, there's numbers that float around on the internet. One of the things is, if you look at the production numbers, you can find production numbers for all the Broncos, all the F-150s, all the 250s, 350s, all of those. But they don't, they go by cab style as well, the extended cabs. But they don't tell you the crew cabs. The crew cab numbers that you see out there are all essentially assumptions. <laughs> the number has floated around for years that there were 2,500 crew cab um, F250s and 350s built from 73 to 79. So that's not a lot of them. It's no. only 2,500. But no, it is known, <laughs> one number that is known for sure is that Amtrak, the train company, bought 1,000 uh, crew cab Fords that were 73 to 79. Hmm. Now, I think all the ones they bought, they bought between like 76 and 79. I think that's about when they started buying them. Nice. But they bought 500 crew cab short bed four-wheel drives, and most of those were painted yellow. And then they bought 500 crew cab eight-foot bed two-wheel drive dually flatbeds. Hmm. So... And those were painted mostly red with the Amtrak logo around the center of them. That's cool. I've actually had two of the Amtrak trucks. Nice. I had one of the four-wheel drives and one of the two-wheel drives. Did they still have logos? The two-wheel drive flatbed still did. That is awesome. Still had them on there. Awesome. And it's a pretty rare truck. Now, when I did a lot of more digging and research on them, it's my belief that the 1,000 trucks that Amtrak bought are not included in that 2,500 number. Hmm. So they actually made 3,500 at least of these trucks. They may have made a lot more. I'm not sure. No. But they would send these to Ford of Canada. The cabs were, like I said, custom put together, put back together. They were sent to whatever Ford plant for final assembly, and then they were sold. So they're that not. they cool. weren't all sold in Canada. They were sold in the U.S. Yeah. 
But uh, the civilian version crew cabs, you could get them in the Ranger trim, the custom trim, things like that. You get a lot of neat stuff with them. And so they were, you know. That is awesome. Pretty neat truck. So if you see one out there, if you ever see a four-door 73 to 79 Ford truck, know it's something. The values are going way up on them. Um, some of the parts are near impossible to find, like the rear door panels, um, the rear door glass, uh, you know, some of those pieces. So if you're anyone doing repro parts on that, no, like they do with the Chevy stuff. Uh, no, the I and think they're yet. doing rear door seals and that's it. Ah, but they're gotcha. not. There, there was not enough of them made that they could justify oh, making. Yeah, that would make sense. You know, like the rear door panels. Um, I have been lucky enough to get one or two sets from junkyard trucks I found over the years that were yeah. just not restorable. And the rear door panels will sell for a couple hundred dollars on eBay because wow. people just and they made them in like three or four different colors, but you know people will just take whatever ones they can get and they'll spray paint them the color they need yeah. because they're just so rare. Yeah. And um, but you know pretty neat trucks. Um, you know there's a lot of other little interesting things that came up. I think the dent side was the first time you get tilt steering in a Ford truck. Um, hmm. You know, and that was kind of a neat tilt steering. You had to push forward on the turn signal stock, and that's how it would weird it's funny because a lot of people that have bought these trucks in recent years and they're driving them around don't even know that they're tilt <laughs> i actually had that happen once with a guy i was looking at one for sale and mm-hmm. he we never did get the price correct on it he wouldn't you know we couldn't get the price correct on it and uh you know we're, we're negotiating but you know i'm looking at it i said hey you got a pretty rare tilt steering column in that and he goes that's not a tilt steering column because i've had this truck for 15 years it's not tilt <laughs> and i went, went in and i pushed it forward and went and he's like, holy cow, man. Like, <laughs> I did. So, you know, That's that awesome. was kind of neat. Um, you know, one other thing about engines, you know, there was a lot of engines that were offered in that series of Ford truck. You could get anywhere from the straight sixes to the 302s to the 351s of the, both the um, the Windsor and the M series. You could get the um, 400 M series. You could also get the 460 uh, big block. Hmm. But... Interestingly enough, the 460 big block was only offered in the two-wheel drives. It was not offered into the four-wheel drive trucks, even though it's essentially a bolt-in swap. That was my next question. Is is this like a universal pattern? You just swap any of these engines into it? There was two different patterns that were available. So um, on the F-Series back then, you had the small block bolt pattern, which was the straight six, the 302, and the 351 uh, Cleveland. The big block bolt pattern was on the M-Series, and on the 429 460. Nice. Now, the M series, that another thing that's a it's kind of a big pet peeve of me in the truck world is people call those modifieds all the time. They go, "It's a 351 modified because it's got an M on it." I think we've discussed this one before. Oh, I think we have. Yeah. yeah. And it it was never a modified. That was something that somebody had written in a book about back then, yeah. but Ford never called it a modified. Um, there's a good chance they called it a Midland uh 351 midland but for most all intents and purposes it's just an m it's an m series <laughs> so uh man like you know it. is there anything else about dent sides that you want to talk about i i love dent sides as you can tell i could talk about dent sides all day long yeah. I, I love those trucks but they ever make any with a diesel option no no there was some that were converted by aftermarket outfitters um you could actually order a perkins diesel through a dealership Ooh. i think they only made a couple hundred of them oh. but um no there was never uh, ford didn't have diesels until i think it was 86 when you could get the 69 uh idi uh international v8 in it hmm. and uh so yeah the ford diesels didn't come out until a few more years later bummer yeah <laughs> uh, around the same time ford was or dodge was playing around with the nissan diesel 
Um, but uh, the Cummins didn't even come out until 87 or 89, yeah. actually. So. so that'd be an awesome swap into one of those things. That'd be a really cool build. So the, the <laughs> Cummins 12 valve goes very nicely into a, into a bump side or, or a dent side Ford. They, nice. um, there's several companies um, such as D-Stroked that offers adapter kits for them. Um, and there's hmm. motor mount kits, very easy swap. Uh, depending on the frame style you have, some of the frames you do have to cut out the tr the cross member that goes under the engine and lower it a couple inches. Uh, pretty easy modification with a welder. Yeah. You know, somebody that knows how to do that. It's just literally notching out a plate and lowering it. Nice. But, uh, nice simple project. Yeah, no, it's it's you know, I, like I said, I love those those uh, that series of Ford trucks. Yeah. I would like to get another one someday. Um, Maybe a I, future wheeling project. <laughs> absolutely, and I would like to do a Cummins powered one. I've never done one. I've seen a number of them over the years, uh, or a seven three. Just do a seven three uh, international in so one. My or only question you do there: Are you going to get the Fummins valve cover for it? Oh, geez, from Chad over <laughs> Quick Draw, yeah, because he sells those. Yeah. Isn't there another another name for one of those? I don't. Well, I mean, in a Chevy, it'd be a Chummins. Yeah, there, I thought there was another <laughs> slang one for Ford, though. I, I've heard Fummins a lot, yeah. and uh, there's actually Fummins Facebook pages, and yeah. uh, people. I'm probably that. thinking of something else altogether. And those sure. are some of the first Fords they started swapping the Cummins yeah. into. So you know they were uh, pretty cool, pretty cool trucks. But um, you know Sounds maybe like someday. I know you're not a big Ford guy, but maybe someday. Uh, I like them. You know, I like the old ones. I don't like the new ones. I like well, the older ones. I like the Raptor though. To but me, that's beside the point. <laughs> to me, that's the magical year series yeah. because you still had everything was steel, everything was durable, everything yeah. was simple, but you still had the modern suspension, the modern yeah. brakes, and all of that, it's like when and the modern truck grew steering. Up. <laughs> really, that's what it is. So it's a couple years only that that yeah. that seventy seven and a half through seventy nine. You had the old school looks with the modern components, and then nineteen eighty, you went to more modern looks. More modern components and, and and IFS <laughs> and yeah exactly so last of the the greats that they really updated so that for that's sure. it's a great series of trucks but um, and if we ever got one for the museum I was thinking back um, a while ago about it I think we do eventually need a dent side in the museum but I think it would probably be best for us to try to find a uh, one of the Amtrak uh, one of the 500 Amtrak crew cab four wheel drives that'd be neat or see if that guy wants to sell it when he's done restoring it. Well, no, that no, one's not an Amtrak truck. Or you were talking the '79 extended dad's. cab. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a rare. That's a rare truck there too. That would be an interesting one to put in that there. Would be. But you know, either that or, or an Amtrak. Those would be those would be the two rarest. The, of the, the Amtrak one might be kind of cool. And then we got to get a little train set to go around it. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, do a be. bunch of do a bunch of train yeah. memorabilia around it. That would be sweet. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty cool. Um, oh, buddy. Uh, unless you got any, you got anything else new with you going on right now or anything? Not a whole lot. I got a new noise in the Jeep. Not even thinking about it right now. Mm. Been driving the truck for a while, week or two. <laughs> Where's the noise coming from? The engine, rear axle, front axle, transfer case? I think the trans. Trans, yeah. I'm not happy. You have to find someone that knows how to rebuild an AX-15. Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> so No, I'll, I'll figure it out. Always do. I just had busy you know, plans this weekend, so wasn't able to get to it. Next weekend, hopefully, maybe. I was wondering why you we'll pulled see. up in the truck this time. but Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to ask you, but ah, it's all good. Well, um, why don't you tell people where they can find us, where they need to let us know about things? So Keith is, uh, we're in what, East China here. Yeah, it's the east, the east of side road? of China. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going to do actual addresses, but if you go on facebook.com slash groups, you can look up Wheel and Radio, or I'm sorry, 4x4 Talk, or Wheel and Radio, whatever you want to join. 
Yeah. Uh, 4 by 4 Talks is kind of where we interact with everybody, so you can post up there. Share some pictures of your cool uh, 70s Ford trucks or Bronco or whatever you want to share. Uh, ask any questions, post it there. Uh, of course, do have to give a huge shout-out, and thank you to Mr. Andrew, our producer. Without him, none of this would be possible. Thank you. Much appreciated. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check us out on Patreon.com. Access to the end of the trail, the after show we do following the episodes as we record them. Uh, those access those two dollars a month get access to a lot of bonus content stuff we forget about in the show and uh who was that we did last time on that one uh did we ever cover to make sure they check that out for that what do you mean did we ever tell them who we talked to on our last episode on the patreon show yeah uh i don't think we ever i'm not sure if we did we talked to lee stockwell <laughs> from uh one broken i we shouldn't have said his real name. Uh, whatever. He'll, he'll be fine <laughs> we, with we it. We can bleep it. Yeah. Uh, we talked to uh, Pop Pop from One Broken Bulb. Uh, it's an impromptu, um, uh, what do they call that? Improv. Yes. Uh, improv uh, You know, show. He does a comedy show. Had a lot of fun with him on that. That was uh, a wild episode. <laughs> his his uh, platform is kind of a, he asks people random questions without <laughs> giving them any sort of heads up. And yep. so we did the same thing to him, but made them all yep. automotive-related. Yep. And this went back and forth. This wasn't just give it out. We we, we took a few good ones, too, there. <laughs> I tell you what, for the two bucks, sign up to the Patreon show, and especially even just listening to the pop-pop thing. And I think you get 30 free days or something anyways. So Essentially, yeah. And I, it, do we have new Patreon episodes uploaded pretty soon? Working here? on it. Working, Working on, on it right yeah, now. Yeah, we're going to have a whole bunch of new stuff coming in the next couple of weeks here. What I would like to mention as well is... Uh, me personally, I am a little less active on Facebook these days. I'm no longer carrying it on my mobile devices. Um, I still do access it from the laptop, but uh, I do still have Twitter and uh, Instagram going on for wheeling uh, that do go to my... Uh, I still don't have Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they, they go to my phone. I'm not active on them, but I, w I am seeing we're getting a little more activity on those. Those are great places to post photos. So if you've got a... Um, a really cool dent side forward. Uh, make sure that you tag us on Twitter or Instagram. Just tag us and say, "Hey, Wheel and Radio, check this out." I'm still learning how to do all that with the Instagram thing. It's just, you do it. the at sign, and then so that all makes, you have to do yeah. on Instagram is at Wheel and Radio. I just learned how to share stuff on there, not like posting pictures. Like find one I like to share it to my story. Oh, okay, that's cool though. I like it. And the same thing <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, you can do hashtag Wheel and Radio or at Wheel and Radio to tag us. So I like it. I like it. They can do that and. And, um, you know, check us all out. And, of course, the Museum of Off-Road Adventure uh, is always a, a big part of our lives. And uh, we're hoping to be open back up uh, pretty regular hours soon. And Excellent. if you're interested in following them, um, go on Facebook, Museum of Off-Road Adventure. Same thing on Twitter and Instagram. Um, pretty, uh, you know, cool place to check out. Right. And if you are uh, an Amazon user, which I think during uh, Rona 2021 everyone is, you <laughs> uh, you go to Amazon Smile. Smile.amazon.com. Uh, Smile.amazon.com. Yep. Your same login. Everything's exactly the same. It just adds a little logo and the smile in the upper left. And choose Museum of Off-Road Adventure as your charity uh, that you're going to um, have Amazon donate to. It doesn't cost you anything, but Amazon's going to donate 0.5% of your purchase price on there. So if you're purchasing those $100,000 Wayfair cabinets or whatever <laughs> you're doing... Um, you know, we're going to get a percentage of that, and we really appreciate that. We do get a check every couple of months from Amazon, so make sure you uh, check that out for us. And yeah, Every $3 uh, audio cable helps. Absolutely. <laughs>
So with that, going off tangent from our exit greeting, thanks for listening and have a good one, everybody.